Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. And isn't it nice to have a bright, dry day, even if a rather chilly one, after some of the weather we've had of late. Some words from the letter of James. Be patient, then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. And now let's come to that triune God in prayer. Let us pray together. Faithful God, thank you for this new day in which we are blessed with a fresh expression of your boundless love, mercy and grace. Thank you that while we were sound asleep, you were at work sustaining the whole of creation. Thank you too that while we were asleep, people were working to keep things ticking over. The people who work in electricity power stations and water treatment plants. The people who clean offices and shops or restock the shelves ready for opening time. The people who work night shifts in hospitals and factories, call centres and hotels. Thank you, God, for all the quiet, behind-the-scenes work that makes our lives so good. Merciful God, you know how this new day has begun for us and how the past week has been for us. You heard the grumbles that we uttered when some small thing annoyed us. You saw the squabble over who had which cup or bowl at breakfast time. You were there when we flounced off in a huff because we didn't get our own way. You stood by as we wasted precious resources, allowing us freedom of choice. And you wait now, patiently, for us to realise how we have been selfish or sinful. Merciful God, Please forgive us our impatience, selfishness and wastefulness. Gracious God, as we make time to be with you now, help us to listen for your voice. As we say sorry for our failings, reassure us of your forgiveness. As we share time with one another, let love flow through us to those around us. And as we try to live as disciples of Jesus, make us gentle and kind. For we offer these prayers in Christ's name. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from Lamentations, <clears throat> five chapters that laments the destruction of Jerusalem. And I'm reading from the message translation in Lamentations, 
3, 19 to 29. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got left. God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Then we read in the New Testament, in Mark chapter 4, 26 to 29. The parable of the growing seed. Jesus went on to say, The kingdom of God is like this. A man scatters seed in his field. He sleeps at night. It's up and about during the day, and all the while, the seeds are sprouting and growing. Yet he doesn't know how it happens. The soil itself makes the plant grow and bear fruit. First the tender stalks appear, then the ear, and finally, the ear full of corn. When the corn is ripe, the man starts cutting it with his sickle, because harvest time has come. Amen. Your call is important to us. Please wait while we try to connect you. Unexpected item in the bagging area. Please wait for assistance. Please wait whilst Windows configures your files. wonder how you feel when you hear or read one of those messages. You know how it is, you're in the queue at the post office and there's only one counter open, you've got three other jobs to do after you've been to the post office and the person at the front of the queue is posting six letters to seven countries. Or you're in the shop You've only gone in for one thing, and the person in front of you is searching through their pocket or their purse for the exact change. Or you're at the dentist, and your appointment is delayed because the previous one and the one before that and the one before that and the one before that overran. Everything comes to those who wait. So say parents to impatient children. 
or my parents did, to us anyway. You must wait upon the Lord, say well-meaning Christians, when it seems like nothing is happening. They don't actually tell you what they mean by that, but they say it because it sounds just ever so spiritual. I wonder how you feel about waiting. How do you react in those situations where you are forced to wait? Sometimes it seems as if we have to do an awful lot of waiting, and it can get frustrating. It seems like we're never going to get that appointment that we're waiting for. The product that we've ordered, the holiday for which we have saved so diligently. Just waiting and waiting and waiting. So, can waiting ever be purposeful? Or is it just a waste of our time when something else could be happening? I think this is a really important question for us to ask ourselves as we continue our life together as a community of Christian disciples who have a broken building and planning consent, but no partner to help us realise the vision for its future development. We have to wait. And wait. And wait. So, do we give up? Do we try to keep things just ticking over? Or are we up for discovering what it is that God longs to show us in the meantime? I think it is quite easy for a time of waiting to become a time of spiritual and missional paralysis. And we're going to look at that more in the coming weeks. A danger that it becomes a time in which we are unable to move forward. We just bide our time until we hope that God will miraculously intervene and make everything right for us. If we're not careful, we can find ourselves reduced to a kind of passive waiting, where the time is empty and even wasted with meaningless occupation as we wish it away rather than discovering the new opportunities that each day brings. And it can become a time of grumbling and frustration. Okay, I hammed up a bit with the puppets, but we know that frustration and grumbling can occur when we have to wait. The essential everyday stuff has to carry on. There are bills to pay, rotors to organise, services and events to plan. There are people to care for during life crises, crises, sorry, and others who feel aggrieved at what is or isn't going on. Some people, if they are honest, if we are honest, can find themselves starting to become a bit grumpy and grumbling and starting to question whether they, by which they usually mean the minister, the managers and the steering group, are doing anything at all. Well, because metaphorically, 
I am six feet above contradiction just now. I'd just like to say that the people we have entrusted with these roles are all fully committed and doing their utmost to fill the tasks to which they have been assigned and that we have approved them to do. It might seem like nothing is happening, but actually it is. Slowly, slowly, we all have to wait. Those groups of people have to wait, but they're not doing nothing. But in the meantime, all of us get a little bit older and can be a little bit more tired. Our daily life brings new pressures and new tensions. And we can find ourselves crying out as the psalmists and prophets of old did. How long, O Lord? How long? It's not just the church leaders and committees we get frustrated with. Why doesn't God just do something? If we turn to the book of Lamentations, we find echoes of our own fatigue, frustration and bewilderment. I have to say, it's a particularly gloomy part of scripture. It records a catalogue of suffering and broken dreams. And yet, right in the middle of the book, at the very centre of it all, There is an important but. There is one thing the writer recalls and clings on to, if only by his fingernails. God's love and mercy never run out or dry up. They can never be exhausted. In fact, every day they are just as plentiful as they were the day before, and will be again tomorrow. They're very beautiful words, words that I often use at funerals because it's precisely in that place of utter desolation and bewilderment that we need that defiant voice of hope. Whilst the everyday reality may suggest otherwise to us, God's faithfulness remains. In this time of waiting, God is present with us and will never abandon us. Theologians often speak of the now and not yet of God's kingdom. The period of waiting between Christ's death, resurrection and ascension and the great consummation at the end of time. What we might refer to as the meantime, not just for our little dreams to be fulfilled, but until God's work is completed. God's love and mercy are boundless and inexhaustible, but in the meantime is the waiting. It is good to wait quietly, patiently for God, so says the writer. It's a good thing to stick at it when life is tough. And in the meantime, whilst we wait, God can help us to grow in wisdom, in faith and in love. Our waiting 
can be active and productive rather than mere empty time killing. One of the difficulties, I think, is that often we confuse waiting patiently with doing nothing. You know how it is. You're at the doctor's surgery, in the waiting room, you pick up a magazine and you flip through it just to pass the time, wishing it could all be over and you're back on your way again. You're at the queue in the supermarket checkouts and then there's a barcode missing and they have to call the supervisor. Or you suddenly discover that that pint of milk is leaking and somebody is sent to fetch another one and you kind of fume to yourself as if time is being stolen. It's just empty time, wasted time. I think churches can be guilty of wasting the waiting time waiting for whatever might one day be. When we get a new building, then we will. Once the children are a little bit older, perhaps. As soon as the financial situation eases, we will. We'll put that on our five-year rolling plan. A stagnant, empty waiting that puts everything off to the future is not what we're called to do and is not honouring to the God who is always active and at the same time waiting patiently for us to join in. The idea of life in the meantime, of active waiting, I think is perhaps best illustrated by the little parable that Mark tells about the farmer. What I'm going to say about that parable I first heard around about three years ago have used several times since, quite possibly since I've been here, but I'm turning into Teresa of Avila and can't remember. And I think it stands repetition. It's, It's a good message to be reminded of. The farmer in the story goes out into his field and he plants some seeds. And then he gets on with his everyday life. He gets up, does his work, has his tea, goes to bed, gets up, does his work, has his tea, goes to bed, blah, 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 blah. And life goes on day by day. He just does what a farmer does. And whilst he's getting on with life, the seeds germinate and sprout. I suspect that now and then he nips back to the field just to check up on what's going on, to see if the plants need watering or a bit of fertiliser or whatever it is. On the whole, he gets on with his life. Time passes, a lot of it, and eventually it's harvest time. And whilst the farmer has been busy getting on with what he had to do, the seed has grown and come to seed. Plants have grown and come to seed. So now he can reap the harvest. And that, says Jesus, is what the kingdom of God is like. 
And that, so the preacher I heard about three years ago said, is the message. A message that we need to be reminded of from time to time about what active waiting looks like. Our life together is not on hold until such time as we have a sparkly redeveloped building with all the latest bells and whistles. We don't wait to do mission until we know what the building will look like, as if the bricks and water dictate what we offer. Rather, in the meantime, we get on with what we're doing, what we believe God has called and trusted us to do, allowing that to shape our thinking about future premises. And neither can we just say, well, actually, do you know what? What we've got is fine. Everything we do now, it's fine. We can do all those things. As if somehow the things we've done up to now are all that God will ever want us to do. A kind of eternal mandate. We just kind of tick on, tick on, tick on. And if something finishes, well, okay, it finishes. But we'll just keep ticking over That's not a very helpful kind of meantime living, nor is it, I would like to say, what I think we're doing. And certainly this meantime should not degenerate into a time of mumbling and grumbling that they ought to be doing something. Actually, it's a challenge for every single one of us to get on with what it means to live together as a community of God's people, journeying forwards in our own meantime, actively waiting to see what that destination or next stopping off point might be. The seeds of a redevelopment plan have been sown. The shoots of the planning consent have emerged. But we're a very long way from the harvest if that is the harvest of a dreamed-of new church. And in the meantime, we wait. Not passively wishing the time away or wondering, why doesn't God do something? But actively getting on with the everyday business of being good news in this part of God's world of being, as the scriptures say, salt and light in the communities of which we are part. There are many different ways we could explore this meantime waiting. But over the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing our gaze in three different directions. We're going to look upwards and think about our spiritual lives. Inwards, and reflect on our relationships within this community and outwards as we think about mission. I don't want you to think that I've been telling anybody off this morning. I haven't. I don't think the mumbling and grumbling is a big issue in our church. I don't think empty time-wasting is a big thing in our church. But there's always that danger that they could be. For us, the important thing is to keep our meantime as active waiting with God, hopefully and patiently, for the thing that God, in God's good time, will show us. Amen.
Let us join together in our prayers for others. Gracious God, we've been thinking about waiting and we want our own waiting to be active and imaginative in the use of time, patient and creative, playing a positive role in society as far as we're able. We look around to see how we can best employ the talents you gave us and as we note different groups with a claim on us we're especially conscious of the young people who we say are our future yet perhaps we do too little to understand and support them we complain of the few who hit the headlines for the wrong reasons and in times of austerity we tend to overlook the needs of the majority so, Father of us all, we bring you now our prayers for children and young people, thanking you for those you have entrusted to our care as parents or grandparents or in the Sunday school, and asking for patience to understand the problems they may face. May we endeavor to help them to value human qualities rather than affluence, friendship rather than possessions, kindliness rather than power, cooperation rather than rivalry. May we help them to learn how to use words with truth, accuracy and sensitivity, how to use knowledge to benefit individuals rather than gain advantage over them, how to develop skills that will make life happier and safer and more just for all. So we pray for schools and teachers and those who administer them and for all the children whose healthy development depends on them. Forgive us, Lord, when we are blind to the potential of our young people to their idealism and enthusiasm and the commitment of many to good causes. And we pray for those who feel they have no support from the adults around them, who grow resentful of the indifference of others whose kindly guidance they might welcome. We pray for young Christians as they strive to live out their faith in an unsympathetic world. We recognize the hard work of many youngsters in school and college, students in colleges and universities, and we pray for the, pray for the many who now, after diligence in study and training, find there is no regular work for them, no means of developing their skills and knowledge in gainful employment. We pray for those who chose to train as teachers or nurses or specialists in many disciplines only to languish now in unemployment because the authorities lack money to pay their wages. Lord, hear our prayer for those 
now disillusioned, resentful or depressed because of economic crisis that deprives them of the right to work and the chance to know the satisfaction of abilities put to the service of society and mankind. We pray for all who undertake training for any form of Christian ministry. For the Scottish Baptist College, its principal and staff, and for all who seek to guide students in preparation for ministry. And we commend to your care all who offer to serve abroad and use their skills in the service of the underprivileged in other communities. Finally, loving God, we thank you for all the young people who worship here with us and ask your blessing on them and on their families, some far from here and living in very different circumstances. Lord, hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow weary and tired, and young people stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Loving God, as we go from here to continue our life in the meantime, may we hold on to those promises. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us and all people today and every day. Thank you.